This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. And I am a huge fan of Nico Case. I first discovered her in 2006. It was at the Virgin Records store in downtown Chicago. And remember those little kiosks that you used to see in like record stores and bookstores where you'd see the album cover and then there'd be, you know, some headphones that you can put on to actually listen through the album before you buy it. I remember being drawn to the cover of Nico Case's album, Fox Confessor Brings the Flood, because there were foxes on the cover. I know they say don't judge a book, maybe a CD by their cover, but I totally did. So I put on those headphones and I just totally fell in love. I bought the album right then and there, and it became the soundtrack to that summer and that year. I mean, her deeper, lower vocals were something that I could sing along to. Her lyrics were a soundtrack to that summer as I drove around the cornfield line dirt roads on a regular basis when I was living back in Michigan. Driving home, I see those flooded fields. How can people not know? Nature is something that has always been present in Nico Case's music. I remember falling in love with her even more when I heard an interview with her about her album Middle Cyclone, where she talked about her song about a tornado falling in love. And recording either frogs or crickets in a field as a bonus track. The days of buying CDs after discovering an artist through their album art and kiosks are mostly in the past, but Nico Case is getting into a new trend for artists to connect with their fans and make money in the streaming era. It's through a subscription-based newsletter through the company Substack. She just launched a newsletter, and it's all about her connection with nature. It's called Entering the Lung. The lung is what Nico Case, a native western Washingtonian, calls the forest-filled foothills around where she now lives in rural Vermont. My grandmother in western Washington lived up in Sumas uh, on the, in the foothills of Mount Baker, and I think it's a foothill thing, really. I've always enjoyed being on... I'm not, I, I, I'm not a, a, an ocean person, um, which I think most people are. They're like, I need to be near the water, but I need to be up on something. I like being up on a cliff or up in mountains, some tucked up in something, not too high, not too low. And th- this is a very, it, it's hilly. I'm wondering what you've learned about yourself or what you want listeners to get out of your newsletter as you reflect on nature in it. I want people to be able to be excited about nature even if they live in a city and maybe find some little way in because people are very divorced from nature. And in these past couple years of COVID, everybody is very, very aware of anxiety finally. And, you know, anxiety has been a legitimate thing for a while, but it's very much at the forefront of, you know, mental health and we talk about it all the time and nature is a real escape valve. Like it can make you 
feel better. You know, growing up here, I always, the more I learned, the more I kind of felt like a, a real soft extinction of human beings would probably be really good for the world because we just destroy things. It's all we do. It seems like it's all we do. And it isn't all we do. That's just what the, is at the forefront. And so any connection people can find with nature, I think, would really, I think that's the way back. You know, if you just latch onto something to notice, notice a life that doesn't care about human life. It doesn't mean that it doesn't like us or, or isn't interested. It just means it's doing its own thing. Like when you watch a season of robins, for example, you watch them build their nest and gather sticks and stuff and then they raise their babies and you watch their babies fledge and fly like all of that can happen without us and it reminds you that there's a million other societies and worlds and lifespans and ecosystems happening at the same time right over top of us and we are not as big and as important as we think and I don't mean that like take the wind out of your sails and like you know learn your place it's more like you can let go of that burden. That burden of that being, being that important is really, really hard. And it's, it's, it's too much. And the soft extinction I talked about before, you know, we're destroying everything, etc. I just thought all evidence pointed to, you know, people ruining everything and we can't seem to do it right. And there's just so much greed and so much industrialized capitalism, et cetera. And it's, 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 I don't know how we're going to curb that, but I think I felt like a real emptiness inside feeling that way. And I read a book by Robin Wall Kimmerer called Braiding Sweetgrass. And she talks about species of plants that are actually dependent on human beings. Hmm. And, as natural creatures to use it and move it and touch it and spread the seed, etc. And I'm so grateful to her because I feel like I got something back. She's just such an incredible writer, an incredible scientist, an incredible person. Um, and so just finding that little connection here and there and getting our little, our little feelers back into the ground is really balancing. And I, I know that on that tiny level that I just described, it does not sound like anything. Maybe Sparrow, it's too late. The moonlight glanced off metal wings in a thunderstorm above the clouds. The engine hums a Sparrow's phrase. Those who cannot hear the words, those who Were you, I mean, this past year, you probably were able to connect with nature in a way that you haven't been able to before because we've all been stuck at home. 
and you're able to be in a place where you have a wonderful backyard nature surrounding you. But I'm curious, you know, you're about to go back on tour uh, in August. And by the way, the tour ends in December in Vancouver and Seattle with the new pornographers. And I'm just curious now that you're you are going back on the road. How do you go about balancing and making sure you're still connected to nature when you're always, you know, in a van or on a bus or always on the go? Well, I'm kind of a chronic noticer from way back. I'm the kind of person who will be in London and, you know, sitting outside of a cafe or something and see a broken piece of sidewalk and notice a a tiny tree trying to go through it. And I'll feel very overwhelmed with compassion for a little tree. (laughs) It's kind of like this weird, supersized compassion that just punches me in the face now and again. But I'll also be really amazed and like oh what a great reminder that no matter what happens here there's going to be trees poking Mm. up to take over trying to make a little connection with nature even if it's just knowing noticing what's plants are growing out of the sidewalk in front of your apartment or watching some birds nesting in a tree for the season or just anything can help you take that burden and put two thirds of it down and uh, just get to live inside yourself without a whole lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And you just can be a better functioning person and a happier person and a more effective person. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking about so many of your songs that I love that are inspired by nature in some way. Like I wish I was the moon is one of my favorite songs of all time. I wish I was the moon tonight. Or I love the concept around this tornado loves you. I want you. I've waited with a glacier's patience, smashed every transformer with every trailer till nothing was standing. Um, I'm curious, you know, if there's a particular song of yours that you believe was most inspired by nature. Well, This Tornado Loves You is a big one. Um, I'm always interested in what's happening in the natural world, like what kind of dramas are happening within it or what kind of power it contains. Or I've always been really kind of disgusted. And, and I'm not really sure if disgusted is the right word, just more frustrated with the ability of human beings to not be amazed anymore. Mm. to just move on to the next thing like rockets into outer space are amazing (laughs) and it's like actually that flood was way more amazing like what are you talking about the like the the fact that we had to come up with the term supernatural always boggles my mind like what are you talking about nature is so unbelievably crazy and the things that happen on earth are so unbelievably crazy and out there and spectacular and magnificent and dangerous and scary and the most of anything they are the zenith of what is incredible but people don't see it they're always looking to space or to science fiction And both of those things are awesome, and I love them equally. But sometimes I feel like the earth is kind of ignored somehow. I just, I I can't, I'm so sad that people don't see how amazing it is and can't feel 
the thrill of like accidentally coming upon a bunch of baby salamanders or something (laughs) it's like that thing is shiny and black and has purple spots outlined with yellow like a creature from mars or you know something like a poison arrow frog but it's like right here in vermont in my driveway Nature is beautiful, and I appreciate you expressing this uh, in your new uh, newsletter. Um, and again, this newsletter is um, it's it's uh, part of Substack's um, paid subscription program. And you know, for those that aren't very you know familiar, I mean, it's kind of like in a way, it's like Kickstarter, or Patreon, or Bandcamp, where you know artists can connect with fans more directly, um, but also monetize their work a little more. And I know in in the newsletter you're talking about, I think this past year having to juggle like six jobs at the same time and I'm just yeah, curious six was not like six is actually the number it's not me that that's uh, crazy exaggerating I mean, it, yeah. and was that like for you a way to get by but I guess my 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 other question is you know like what do you see the future of making money as an artist you know like what opportunities are out there well I mean I'm fortunate to have worked in an era where being a touring musician actually gives you the practice and the credibility and the visibility to do still do stuff in a world where things are very much online or determined by TikTok or Instagram or whatever, or YouTube. And I remember right when I started actually doing fairly well with record sales, streaming came along. And so that whole thing was just destroyed you know and streaming is great and I love like I love the technology and I want people to know that all these technologies are set up without consulting the musicians or the content makers so in COVID you know I was approached by Substack and they actually wanted to pay me and uh I knew who I was going to be working with and I liked them very much. And so I was very, very, very fortunate that I was asked to do this. And um, it's really rewarding and validating. And my newsletter is still free right now. I'm just kind of like getting the flow of it and then the paid content will kick in in a while. But right now I have it free because I want people to get in and roll around in it and get the smell on them and then... <laughs> they can they can pay for that smell if they start missing it at some point, but there will always be a free portion too. Well, I've been speaking with Nico Case about her newsletter now out on Substack that reflects on her relationship with nature. It is called Entering the Lung. Nico Case, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. When she's on her best behavior, don't be tempted by That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. 